Yes, sir. I appreciate it. My name is Breeze, and this is the Breeze MMA show. So I, yes. I, wanted, I wanted to uh, tell you, I've, I've had a lot of people on this week, but um, you I've, and one other guy have something in common that I talked to from the UFC, and you both skateboard. So I, I, I'm super interested in that, man. Before we dive into the MMA stuff, I, I grew up skateboarding and grappling, and you and Luke Rockhold seem to have uh, some similar hobbies. So we, we chopped it up a little bit. He was hanging out with Ryan Sheckler, but I saw in your story you're getting your dog to skate. And I, I have a, a half husky, half golden. I've been trying to get him to skate for the two years he's been alive, but he won't have it. But um, I just wanted to ask, man, how long you been skating and uh, what got you into it? Uh, you know, skateboarding, I always tell people that's the first love of my life. The first thing I ever truly fell in love with. Um, and, uh, it's something I started doing when I was about 11 years old. And, uh, you know, I, I was very passionate about it. It was like the first thing I truly fell in love with and I was very passionate about. And, and, uh, you know, I kind of gave it up when I got to high school. To, I had to hit a crossroads between wrestling and, uh, and skateboarding. And I was a better skateboarder than I was a wrestler. And I think that that <laughs> Like I'm going to, I'm going to stop skateboarding, pursue wrestling. And what is something that, you know, these last couple of years, especially with the pandemic, I, I got to keep up with it a little bit. So get back, yeah. get, get back to pushing some wood a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, that is so relatable for me, man. I was skating my whole life as a youngster and then high school came and it was like you said, a crossroad. It's time to pick, you know, you're going to wrestle, you're going to skate. And especially the summers were hard, man, when all the kids are skating and you got to get some wrestling work in, but yeah, uh, that's really cool, man. That's really cool. How old's your dog? Uh, Stone Cold will be three this April. So okay. he's like, he's like just getting into his prime. And I think it's a bulldog thing. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I noticed that like, he likes to bite at the, at the nose of the board a lot. And yeah. uh, he's finally just learned to like how to jump on. And I've talked to a lot of other people whose bulldogs are kind of, they all have this beef with the skateboard and it turns into <laughs> them like hating it and biting it to like want to jump on it and ride it. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see. No, that's really cool. I mean, I'm sure you watched Robin Big when you were a little younger and how he always had his uh, his bulldog on the skateboard. Oh man, I can't remember his name. I think it was Meaty, but they had a yeah. skateboard for him. But yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely, I've definitely seen it with the bulldogs, the, the half husky, half goldens. I'll let you, the owners out there know that they're not really big skateboard fans. But, uh, but man, a lot's been going on in the MMA world as well. You know, I mean, you, you've, you're coming off of a, a huge victory over Neil Magny in a main event. You have, you know, a, a streak going on now over some studs and welterweight. Uh, I know you called out Kobe Covington. Is that fight, you think, getting closer to, to real? Or do you think uh, you're going to go another avenue? Where's your head at right now? Uh, well, I mean, right now I'm I'm pretty far away from booking a fight. I'm I'm so busy this month, man. I'm gonna be home for about 15 days in March. Um, I'm leaving for Las Vegas to film a couple of shows on Thursday. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna stay out there a little longer um, and get some training in because I have another show the next weekend, and then I go to Abu Dhabi for my buddy's fight on the 19th, and then I work LFA on the 26th, uh, doing commentary, and then I have another show in April. So I'm like. I got to get these things out of the way before I book a fight because my sanity cannot help it. You know, I'm, I'm, I like, I do my life revolves around this sport so much. Like I'm not just a fighter. Like I'm, I'm, I'm coaching guys. I'm helping manage guys. I'm commentating. I'm doing analyst work. Uh, you know, and I'm a fighter first before any of that stuff. But you know, when you get off a big fight like that, you know, I'm trying to progress my career in all avenues and, um, you know, so I think once I get to April, I'll get around to booking a fight. So I think July, June, July is kind of my time frame. Um, okay. So we'll see what happens. You know, we got we got another big welterweight coming up, welterweight fight coming up with with Leon and Bilal Muhammad. 
Um, and then we'll kind of see what the landscape of the division is looking like. Um, then officially nobody in the top eight will be booked and we can kind of see what direction we're going to go. Uh, you know, but I want to get back into the summer. I feel like I'm one big win away from solidifying myself as being a number one contender. Um, I need a standout performance. You know, I, I've, I've gotten myself pretty close to, to my yearly goal of being in the top five. And, uh, you know, I just need one breakout performance. So whether it's Colby, whether it's Burns, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's Leon, whether it's Wonderboy, it's got to be somebody ranked ahead of me. I won't take any backward steps at this point. Um, this four or five win streak, I've, I've earned the right to, to, to fight somebody in the top five. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I was going to say, I won't argue with that. I don't think, uh, especially with the guys you've been facing. And I mean, okay, you didn't have some flash knockout against Neil Magny, but look, the way you beat him to me personally, uh, I think that's more impressive. I mean, he's, he's a gritty grappler and uh, I watched both you guys come up on tough and for you to to have the success on the ground the way you did was absolutely very impressive so I mean that's why the Kobe Covington fight when you call for that was interesting I know you mentioned that he's uh he's got the the mental aspect he's got the stylistic matchup for you you know you've been through some some mental some mental fights and battles and played those games here and there how big of an impact do you think at this age in your career and where you're at now, do you think Kobe's going to have success getting into your head at all? Uh, I think I'm, I'm so beyond that even happening. Like I know he's the guy that shoots for low hanging fruit. Like, you know, so it's like, you know, it's not, it's, it's, I don't really think he's really gotten to anybody. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's such a stick, you know what I mean? And, and uh, yeah, I just, think you know, it's a good word. That's, I like their call Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a little test for me, but I just don't think he's going to get in my head. Like, yeah, you're probably going to – you're going to shoot to talk about my mom. You're going to talk about my fiancé. You're going to diss on my fights. You're going to diss on my losses. Like, it's like, dude, I know what you're going to say. You know what I mean? It, there's really nothing you could say to get under my skin. And if you find something that, you could, that could possibly get under my skin and you publicly say it, it's probably going to be something that's going to be very foul, and you're just going to lose fans. So, mm-hmm. at this point, I don't care. Um I got a lot of respect from his competitor. I, I will say that. I mean, the guy's a ferocious fighter. He's, you know, he's the number one guy at 170 for a reason. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and act like the guy's not very skilled. He's very skilled. He's very tough. He works very hard. He's just got a mouth on him, you know. So yeah, um, it'd be a hell of a, it'd be a hell of a fight. Yeah, it would be. I think uh, we got a lot of great matchups at, at 170. I know. You know, I'm, I don't know if you saw the news with uh, Kamzad announcing that he's retiring because of the whole COVID thing. What's your What's your take on that? You know, I think kind of hearing the rumblings, uh, he's just he, he started training when he shouldn't. Um, he's a young guy, man. I mean, I think that the COVID just got to him pretty bad, and it's you know it's no joke, man. This is uh, I mean, this is a very young, in shape, talented fighter that's hampered by it. So I think that. I think that the best thing they could do is just don't put a timeline on, don't put a timeline on the kid's return, let him get back to full health and then start thinking about booking him a fight. But I, I know that they're very adamant about trying to book him in June, but I mean, we're in March and the guy can't even train, um, you know? So I think that if they're going to try to push him for June, you gotta, you're going to still have to slowly build him up. You can't throw him in there with, with one of the top guys in 170 pounds. I mean, you could, he's got the talent. I'm, I'm not saying he's not talented, but, I'm just saying with what he's going through physically with the, with the COVID and stuff, it's like, if you're going to try to push him for June, you, you probably got to still start building him up instead of throwing him in the top of the heap. Um, Cause I know all the guys at the top of the heap right now are in shape and training. So it's like, you know, we, that, that that's the one up that we, a lot of us will have on him. And um, you know, so I, I wish him nothing but the best, man. He's a really nice guy. I met him in, in fight Island, super nice kid, super humble, very talented. 
Um, and I, I, I hope, you know, I hope to God that, that he comes back because, you know, that would just be such a shame to see such a talent, you know, even if it, even if down the road, we got to fight and he beats me, I still say, I hope he comes back. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't dude. want this guy to be, I don't want this guy's life and career to be bogged down by this virus. It would be such a shame. So I'm wishing, I wish him nothing but the best and I hope to see him back. That's awesome of you, man. I know, um, you know, obviously Dana was quick to jump on the news. He said, you know, nah, Kamzat's not going anywhere. Like kind of what you said, he was emotional. You know, he was training when he wasn't supposed to be. You know, we've seen Dana riding Khabib's tail, trying to get him back, trying to trying to uh, uh, get Kamzat to stop saying that he's he's done. Do you think any of this has to do with Dana's approach to kind of conquer that Middle East market? And if this is more of, uh, you know, if maybe he should focus more on the fighters' health and instead of, you know, let's uh, let's get out to the fans and the public and the and the the people that I'm working with and buying my my venues from that. Hey, you know, the show goes on. It seems like maybe his priority should be a little bit more on his fighter. What do you think about that? Uh, you know, Dana's been a promoter. He's been a coach. Um, and there's no doubt about it. The guy knows fighting. He knows fighters. Um, and I think that he just knows that the, you know, the uh, Hamza made a very emotional post an emotional time. Uh Oh, yes. <laughs> Welcome back. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> no, uh, no worries. I don't know what happened either. I was, uh, weird. yeah, I'm just glad you made it back. Um, but <laughs> Well, yeah, I just got your text pop up. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, just uh, I know you're super busy, man. I know this month is super busy, so I, I appreciate you making the time. I'll just ask you a couple more things. You know, I, I know as far as um, as 170 goes in your career, it seems like seems like you really are peaking. You know, like you're at one, you're you're having great performances. Your cardio looks good. Your your skill set overall seems well rounded. Um, what, what is, I know you said you want to be number one contender by the end of the year. Is that still your focus right now to get that number one contender spot? And, and uh, you know, when do you see yourself locking in a chance at the belt? You know, I think that I'm, I'm very honest with myself. Uh, you know, I am, I'm not, I'm not an optimistic guy. I'm a realistic guy. I'm all about uh, what's realistic and, and, you know, opportunities could present themselves for me to jump in there and fight for the title, even right now. Um, you know, if they couldn't find out, if they can't figure out, you know, who the next guy is, you know, if it's not Mazadal, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm on a four or five win streak right now. Out of anybody in the top five, I'm on the best win streak. You know, even though I'm number, I'm not, even though I'm, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was, I was just saying, <laughs> out, of, out of anybody in the top five, I'm on the longest win streak. You know, so yeah, anything can happen. Yeah, I just know that it's going to take for sure one more fight for me to solidify getting to that number one contender spot. Um, you know, but I, I know that I'm destined to be a world champion and I know it's in my grasp. I train very hard. I got the recipe to make it happen. Um, I know how to train and, uh, you know, I've done a, I've done a good job, you know, knock on wood, preserving my body. Um, you know, I, I, I work hard year round. I only spar when I need to spar. Um, you know, I don't take any unnecessary risks in terms of my training. Um, and I make sure that I'm peaking right. The one thing that I do different than a lot of these other guys is, you know, most of these guys come from a big camp um, and that's great. You know, I, I, I've done that whole gig. I've, I've trained at huge camps and it's awesome when you got a room full of killers and it's just the, the, the training's tough every single day. But, the, you know, the way I train back home, um, it's more boxing style where it's like it, I'm not in a room full of guys that are all in the UFC, guys that are all top ranked in different promotions. 
the camp surrounds me. You know what I mean? It's, it's more boxing style where it's when I'm in camp, everybody surrounds me and everybody's there to help me. And, and it's it, the same goes for all, the, all my other teammates. You know what I mean? So um, that, that helps prevent injuries. That helps us get to where we can train very specific. Um, and we, we tackle a lot of little things so it gets kind of breaking these matchups down. So I got the recipe to become a world champion, you know. So at some point, you know, whether some people want to acknowledge at this level, it's an element of luck, you know what I mean? And I feel like I'm doing the right things to give myself the best luck. And uh, we'll, fi- we'll find out these next couple fights, man. But I feel like, I feel like, uh, I'm in the right groove. I'm in the right headspace physically and mentally. And I'm ready for, for what's ahead of me. Right on, man. And I, I think I can speak for all the fans and say we are too, man. We're excited to see what's to come. I know Usman had a, a fantastic performance against Burns. I mean, they both did. They both looked great, right? But what do you take of Usman and how he's been approaching his camp with now working with Trevor Whitman and having, like you said, he went from um, working with the guys in Florida to now having his camp kind of revolve around him. What do you think uh, – that's done for him as far as the improvements we saw in this last fight. And how do you think you match up stylistically with Usman? Well, for one, he, when you're training in a super camp, I mean, he's guy, he's training with Robbie Lawler, Vicente Luque, Gilbert Burns. All these guys are nipping at his heels. He made the right move. You know, these, like I said, the super camps are great. Henry Hoop, Greg Jones, all those guys, Tommy Barzini, they're all awesome coaches, dude. Those guys are great. You know, but it gets tough when you're a champion and you're training with a bunch of guys that are in your weight class and just because they're your teammate doesn't mean they don't have the same aspirations you know that these guys want to be champions too so Usman went the route that I think is the best I think if you really want to be a champion you have to make your own kin you have to have you need the people to surround you you know what I mean and it's hard to get specific attention when you're at a super camp and there's all these guys that have fights and they got big fights and it's 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 hard to get attention where Usman's getting the attention that he needs every day. And he's getting it from one of the best coaches in MMA, Trevor Whitman. I think he's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, he's got a brilliant mind for this sport. I love the way he trains his fighters. Um, so he's doing the right thing. And I mean, and Usman looks stellar ever since he, he's gone with, with Trevor Whitman. I mean, he's, he's made a lot of great improvements. His jab is phenomenal. He can do it from both stances. And I just think he's getting that specific attention that, that he needs. You know, you got to like, it, it a certain, at a certain point, everybody, when, when you're, when you're just kind of like iron sharpens iron and you're a room, you're in a room full of killers, you can only get to a certain level. At some point you need specific attention on a regular basis when you're in training camp to kind of get to the next level, to get the extra edge to beat these guys. So, um, you know, I think, I think Usman's doing the right thing and matchup wise, I think that I can present, I, I, ha- I have a different style that I can present a lot of guys, a lot of problems. And I haven't even shown half my skills. You know, I hate to say it, you know, the Magni fight was hard, but I still played it safe. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't take any chances. I, I, I went out to pitch a shutout because I'm waiting until I get to that next level where it's like, now's the time to take a chance. Once I get to a title fight, I can let it all hang out. I can show everything I train. I can take more risks. I can take more chances and re- really take a gamble on winning the title. So um, we'll see what happens. I'm we'll glad you happens. said that. That's a, that's a very interesting point because, you know, we saw um, Gain in this last event uh, 
against Raw as, as, as the main uh, event for heavyweight when he, you know, he out, seemed to outclass one of the most decorated strikers to be to enter the UFC. And Dana White came out afterwards and said, you know, OK, he won the fight. Let's just leave it at that. You know, I thought it was a boring show. It should have been his coming out party. Well, to your point, it's it's almost like any other sport, right? It's like you're not and you're not going to go forward on fourth of the first game of the season, you know, in a, in a football game, you know, it's, it's, you're going to start doing things like that during the championship playoff runs when things matter. And it's kind of to the same point you said, where you're not going to start showing your hand until you get to where you want to be. And it's time to show your hand. So, I mean, I think that's a great approach. And how do you take, how, what do you think about, you know, Dana's perspective and, and kind of leaving it all out there every fight? Do you think there's some merit to that? Uh, you know, I can understand where he's coming from. They put him in a showcase spot, um, you know, against a guy that, you know, not, you know, Rosen strikes no pushover. I mean, that guy hits like a truck. He'll put your lights out, you know, and, and, and Ghana is a guy that's what he's only, he's, he doesn't even have 10 pro fights, <laughs> you know? So it's like, you can't, you can't be, you can't be too hard on the guy. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's fighting a guy with like, I mean, Rosen strike has probably 60 fights at least, in kickboxing and MMA, probably more than that, I think. So it's like for him to beat a guy like that, no matter whether it's a knockout, a submission, or just the way he beat him, yeah, it wasn't the most appealing. But, you know, it was invaluable experience that Ghana needed. 25 minutes, dude, it's, it's, that's, the, that's the type of cage time that you need. And the other thing is, like, you know, Dana, I can understand where he's coming from. He's a promoter. That's that's his job is to promote fights, promote guys. We got a French heavyweight who's humongous, who is a beast, and he could go highlight reel him, and this could propel the French market. And you got guys like Francis who spent time in France. And, yeah, I, I can understand that whole the whole side of things. But as a fighter, we, we get paid double the money if we win. So I'm not going to take – I'm going to do whatever it takes to get that win bonus. And that, if that means – I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to fight to a way in a way that is to the dismay of my boss or others. Yeah, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm not afraid to, I'm not afraid to do that because, you know, double the money sounds better than getting paid half of what you're contracted to get, you know? So uh, I think that maybe, Hey, maybe if you, you start paying guys a flat, more guys, a flat fee, then you wouldn't have that problem. You know what I mean? Or, so yeah, what do you think about them saying, you know, Hey, here's, here, we're going to give you another double for your finish, but why don't we tri- or a double for your uh, victory, but why don't we put on another 30% for a finish? Why don't you add on something yeah. like that, you know? There's a lot of things like that, you know? I think there's some guys that have some finishing clauses in their contract. I've heard rumors of that. That's not a fact, so don't quote me on that. But, um, you know, there's things that could be done different, but I just know that for him, it's a great win. And, yeah, while it may not have been the most, you know, exciting fight to a lot of people he still won and he did what he had to do to further his career and good for him you know we got a new heavyweight prospect and i think that down the road i think he'll start to get the finishes that against the top guys that that we think that he's capable of and and you know we'll see what happens nonetheless good for him to get a a win 25 minutes against a very seasoned striker so very happy for him Absolutely. Well, look, Mike, I see you're on the way somewhere. You've been making the effort for me all day to, to, to work this out. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, and I'm very grateful for the chance to just connect, man. And hopefully I'm, I'm, I'm connecting with people all week. And hopefully this is just the start of uh, a, a very good relationship with all you guys and we can keep this thing going. But um, I'll cut you loose. Thanks for coming on. And um, I'll be in touch, man. Good luck with everything. I know you got a busy month and with LFA and everything else. So um, stay up and we'll be tuning into you soon.
Sounds good. Cheese in the breeze over and out. <laughs> <laughs>